Today, we wrap up our series, The Choice is Yours, with one that's very relevant. Hopefully, all of them have been, but this one would hit us all at a certain place. Some of us are, find ourselves running, wanting to run from it, others wanting to engage it too often, yet we live in a world that this is the form in which communication takes place. This is where relationships are sometimes lost. This is where relationships should be supplemented and not built. Talking about social media, how do we engage and live in a world? What does the Bible have to say about texting and emails? And what's the Bible have to say about Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and and Pinterest? Does the Bible even engage that? Does the Bible even talk about that? So how do we live in this world that we're in today right now and take these forms of communication and, and lay the Bible on top of it and run the Bible through the grid of it and then live and communicate? Is it possible to live in such a way that we use that form of communication in the world that we're in today and use it for good? The choice is ours. We can choose not to misuse social media. We can choose to use it for the glory of God. And my hope today is this, as we walk through this message, as we look at these guidelines that scripture gives us, it does, it gives us great guidelines, how to engage, how to live, how to communicate, how to have relationships, how to to live in the world and not be of the world. How can we do it in a way that points others to Jesus and not misuse it? There's many ways. And so hopefully at the end of this, all of us will be affirmed, will be challenged, will be convicted, will walk away and say, this is what God wants me to do, and this is how he wants me to live in relationship in the world in which we live in right now. Often we get communication, and if we're not careful, we begin to compare our lives to the world of social media. We compare our lives to blogs. We compare our lives to to tweets. We compare our lives to Instagram. We compare our lives to to Facebook or Snapchat stories. We say, wow, that must be their life. And that must be the way it is. So how do you, how do we handle it? And often we find ourselves like this man and this woman looking at social media and basically giving up. Take a look at this couple who misuse social media. Take a look at this. Good morning, Facebook. What's new? Good morning, Facebook. What's new? Hey, someone commented on my photo. Ugh, look at that. Rachel Klein is showing off her new job again. What do you know? Loving the new beer belly, dude. You wear it well. Ha ha. Off to London this time. What's that? Three times overseas this year? Well, Brad, some of us don't have the luxury of spending two hours at the gym every day, you jerk. Looks like she's living the dream. Not that I wouldn't like to. I see Meredith has a new outfit again. Oh, look at this. Jason's getting his master's degree. Gosh, I really like it too. Way to go, buddy. Wonder who makes it. One of us actually went and did it. Guess she's got money to burn. Oh, Blake, Cal, and Ryan all went out last night. Thanks for the invitation, guys. The Wilsons are having another baby. I guess I'm not as good of friends with them as I thought. I guess getting pregnant is no problem for some people. I'm so sick of Jim posting. Oh my gosh, Katie. About how great it. it is. Your husband to be is perfect. Free. Your children are perfect. Good for you. Whole family is perfect. Well, are you just perfect? And you've got artistic professional photos taken in a field somewhere to prove it. Oh man, I love this guy's design work. Oh, look at this kid's birthday it's just party. So good. Bounce house, pony rides. 
slip and slide. Effortless. The expectations are so high. I feel like high. I'm playing peewee baseball to his major league. How could I even afford something like this? Why do I even bother? Why do I even bother? What? They gave it to Cynthia? I interviewed for that position like three times. I was a shoe. Another fabulous meal out for Rick and Jill. I needed that promotion. Yeah, I'd be that happy too if I were eating at Bistro Mode. I'm gonna be stuck doing the same thing for the rest of my career. I wonder why John never initiates date nights. What am I doing wrong? Seems like Rick is pretty good at it. Why is life so much easier for everyone else? Why is life so much easier for everyone else? Why do I even go on Facebook? Why do I even go on Facebook? You ever feel that way? How many of us look at our lives and then want to compare it to someone else's life? How does the Bible address that misuse of social media? How do all age groups engage and live in this world that's proliferated with information that runs through our hands and our phones and our desktop and our laptops and our iPads and so quickly? How do we keep up? Do we just throw it all away and say, I'm not even gone there. Like, I just, I can't, I just, I just refuse. Or do we say, is there a balance to live in this world in a way to use these forums and not choose to misuse these forums? I want you to do something for a second. I want you, if you have a phone in your hand or just, I want you to grab a phone. If you have an iPad or you have some kind of mobile device, just go ahead and pull it out. Just don't start looking at Facebook and Twitter and all that and Instagram and start telling a story on Snapchat. Just forget all that. But just, just take a look at it. Now, I want you to hold it up a second. Just hold it up if you, if you have a phone. Now, just take a look around. Just take a look around. If you think this isn't a relevant message, then look around. You can put it down. Let me, let me also say this to you. This device that you have, it's not evil. It's the person's thumbs behind the device that can make it evil. And so my hope today is that somehow that we, we walk through this thing called relationships and we find what the Bible has to say about how to live in this world that just feels like it's overwhelming for us to try to keep up. How do I keep up with my son and daughter? How do I keep up with my grandkids? How do I keep up with people? Do I just choose? How do I even operate a computer? Is it possible to live in this world now and I don't understand it? What's my responsibility as a Christian? Well, grab your Bibles and just just see what the Bible has to say and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to read verses 23 to 24. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up. And our ushers will put one in your hand. But open up your Bible or your mobile device to version, And let's read 1 Corinthians 10, 23 to 24. And once you find that, would you stand with me? We're going to read God's word out loud together today. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 23 to 24. This was Paul's instruction regarding things in life, and this was in regards to even the Lord's Supper and in feast and food, and how do we live in this world, and what should we do, and what are our freedoms, and how do we, how do, we do all things for the glory of God? What's our responsibility? Let's take the context of this passage and apply it to communication. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 10, 23 to 24. Would you read it out loud with me together? Ready, read. I have the right to do anything, you say, 
but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is destructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Let's read that again. Ready? Verse 23. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. You may have a seat. Let's keep that at the forefront of communication. Let's keep that at the forefront today of social media. Let's keep that at the forefront of emails and texting. Let's keep that at the forefront of everything that we communicate with in a social matter today. You and I have the right to do anything. But Paul says, but not everything is what? Beneficial. Then he says, we have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And then he says this, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. So as we begin to unpack this message, let's lay the foundation of this message. Let's, let's filter it all through that. Is it beneficial? What you're writing, what you're texting, what you're emailing, what you're posting, what you're, what you're putting up on Snapchat. Is it beneficial? Is it constructive? Is it for the good of others? You and I have the right, but is it beneficial, constructive, and the good of others? So what I hope to do now is walk us through some relationship ideals and guidelines from God's word regarding how to live in this world and use social media, texting, using email, using all the forums in relationship for good and not misuse it. Let me open by saying this. Social media is a good tool to supplement relationships and a terrible tool to build them. It is a good tool to supplement, take a vitamin, add some iron to it. It is a good tool to to add to a relationship that's already existing. It's a horrible tool. It's not a good tool to say, I'm going to go build a relationship starting with social media. I'm going to read their posts. I'm going to send them a text. I'm going to send them an email. I'm going to look at Instagram and I'm going to go build a relationship based upon this virtual world. It's good for supplementing, but listen to me. It's a terrible tool to try to build a relationship. Let me just give you a rule of thumb to set the foundation for this. If you have not met the person, he or she is not your real friend. If you have not met them, if you haven't had a face-to-face encounter, if you haven't sat down with them, if they haven't been in your sphere of life, just because they follow you, just because they like you, just because they retweet you, just because they share you, just because they pen something that was your, just because of, they're not your real friend. Get that? They are a virtual friend. They're not your friend. They are a virtual friend. The number of friends on, or followers does not change that truth. Let me just give you the, what the word no means. How often have you said this and how often have I said this? Someone asks you this question. Do you know that person? And I'll respond by saying, I know them, but I really don't know them. I know who they are, but I really don't know them. In the New Testament, there are two Greek words for the word no. There's the Greek word oida, 
and there's the Greek word gnosko. Both words are translated in English. And so when we read, we see the word know. The word oida in know means to know by intellectual knowledge. You know about them. You have facts about them. You, you, you read about them. That's the oido. It's an intellectual knowledge. The other word know in the Greek in the New Testament is gnosko. It means to know from experience. It means you've spent time with them. So when I think about your friends, your followers, your retweeters, your fans, your, your sharers, most of those are oida. No, they know facts about you. But listen, that is not a real relationship. A real relationship has gnosko. I know you. I experience you. We do life on life together. So social media is a good tool to supplement relationships, and it's a terrible tool to build them. So please, let me pull away. Junior high, high school, adults, stop finding validation and thinking, I have 400 followers. Look at all my friends. Please hear me. They're not your friends. They are oida, people who've decided to just follow you who decided to maybe just be a friend, but they're not your friends. And listen, your validation should never be found in likes, shares, and friends and followers on any social media form. Your validation and identity alone should stay in Jesus Christ. If he is your friend and you are a follower of Jesus, listen, you've won. You don't need anything else. Jesus is the best friend. And when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then it is a game changer. Your identity should never be found in the number of followers or likes or shares. You are loved by the God of the universe who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. His love trumps every like on social media. Any amens? Please hear me. And just because you have 10 followers or three likes and someone else gets 53, it doesn't make them better than you. So if you're seeking validation, you are misusing social media for the wrong purpose. We have to be very careful to not let social media replace face-to-face interaction. This is where we experience, gnosko, real life transformation. Virtual friendship will never replace real friendship. Keep in mind, it's a way to supplement and support and even acknowledge someone, but it should never replace real life interaction. But let me pause. I'm not throwing it all out. It's a powerful tool to encourage somebody. It's a powerful tool to say, I prayed for you. It is a powerful tool to speak into someone's life. Hear me out. Some of you use social media as stalkers. You just look and you just follow. And you never take that next step when the spirit speaks to you. You never realize how powerful that 
word that says, I just prayed for you could mean to someone on a comment. You'll never realize how encouraging it could be for someone if you speak, type, post, text, email someone a word. Listen, if you never speak it, then they've never received it. And it isn't a praise until you post it. It isn't a word of encouragement until you say it. Just by you saying, hey, I followed you and I saw, and why I was, why I was at home, I saw that and I thought about you and I prayed for you. Take the next step and tell them that truth. That might be the very word the very comment that they have spent time on their knees that morning. Lord, are you real? God, do you hear me? The spirit bears witness with them, bears witness with you, and you could be used by the spirit to speak into their life and answer that request. Let me just ask the question. How many of you in this room have received an email, a text? How many of you have went through something very difficult And because of the form of social media, this word, this verse, this song, this truth spoke to you so clearly that it encouraged your heart and gave you what you needed to move on that day. Anybody been there? Take a look around here. Listen, speak it. Those of us who know Christ, the language of social media is talk. It's not just watch, speak truth to another person. It's a powerful tool to pause and pray a word of encouragement, to speak into someone's life, to acknowledge and say to someone, hey, I see you, I hear you. I want you to know that I stand with you. Don't assume that they know that. Speak it. Take the next step and tell them that. Second guideline that I would give for social media. Handle relationship issues in private, not on social media. Let me me just say that like three more times. (laughs) Handle relationship issues in private and not on social media. What's the Bible have to say about that? Well, let's just see what it says. Turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Let's just see what what the word of God has to say about relationship issues that have gone south. Matthew chapter 18. This is what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 18. Let's look at verses 15 to 18. Look what it says. If your brother or sister, what? What's the word? Sins, okay? Follow along. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. If your brother or sister, what? Go and point out their fault. Now look what it says. Comma, comma, comma. Just between the what of you? What's it say? Just between the two of you. Okay, here's what it says. If your brother or sister sins, go and post on social media. No, it doesn't. It says just between the two of you. The second... You put your frustration, anger, angst about someone on Facebook, you broadcasted it to the world instead of 
just between who? The two of you. Look what he says. Read on here. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Okay, but if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or how many witnesses? Okay, let's, let's back it up. Let's go very slow here. Someone sins against you. He's a brother. Listen, it's a brother or sister. They sin against you. Your first step, you go to that person. You bypass social media. You tell your thumbs, no. You go face to face to this person. Just between How? The two of you. And you say, hey, you've wronged me. This, when you said that, when you did this, this is what happened to me. I want you to know that this took place. It says, if they do not listen, step two. Step two, what's it say? Grab someone else or someone else. Take one or two. Tell them, I went to my brother. I went to my sister. It didn't go well. Would you be willing? It doesn't say now broadcast it to social media. It says no. It doesn't say I went to them and they didn't want to hear me so I'll tell you what it was. No. You grab one or two others and you say, would you go along with, by the way, let's pray about this. Let's pray that God softens their hearts. Let's pray that we go in humility and go in brokenness. The goal is reconciliation. Would you go with me? Would you fast the day with me before we go? Yes, I will. So the three of you go, the two of you go, and you go to this person and you say, when this happened, this is what it did to me. This is how it harmed me. Then it says this, okay? Look, look at the steps, Matthew 18. It says, but if they listen to you, you have won them. Verse 16, but if they will not listen, take one or two along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still, what? Refuse to what? Tell it to the church. Go to your leaders of the church. Now listen, tell it to the church leaders. Don't tell it to social media. Look what it says. Tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. The goal is reconciliation. There is never one time or any time that we should ever broadcast our frustration, our anger to the world, to between the two of you, between you and three, and between you and the church. That's how you handle sinful and broken relationships. Let me preface this by saying this today. There is never, listen to me, please. There is never, never, emphasis on never, and never, 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 never. You got the never? There is never a good time to air your relationship issues with someone, especially someone you have never met or taken the time to deal with the issue on social media. Listen to me, never. Not 11 o'clock at night when your emotions are running rampant. We listened to Pastor John's message over and over last week. I choose not to be led by my feelings. Never respond, never 
This passage reminds us that the first line of reconciliation is just between the two of us, not your 400 friends or followers on social media. Listen to me, hear me out, please. The second you hit send or post or tweet with your thumbs without going to that person face to face, listen to me, you and I have sinned. But I'm justified to do that. Don't you know what they, don't you know what she did to me? Don't you know how, the, how in the relationship, he promised this with the kids and he didn't do it. Don't you know that, that, that she didn't follow through with what the court said? Don't you know what that coach said to me? He promised me, play. don't you know what that preacher said to me? The moment you hit sin, you have sin. You see, you have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial or constructive or for the good of others. So what does that mean? When things go south in a relationship, don't tell your wife, your husband, your boss, your brother, your neighbor, target, a gorilla, the president, a pastor, a coach, a school, a teacher, a son or daughter, how they wronged you on social media. By the way, let me just pull away and say this. We're talking about brothers and sisters here. These are your brothers and sisters. Listen, we're fathers of Jesus Christ. And those of us have a relationship with Jesus, hear me, we're gonna spend eternity together with God the Father in heaven. Listen to me a second. We're family. There are times in relationships, listen to me, I know personally, I know how sinful I am where I wrong my wife, where I wrong my leaders, where I sinfully say and do things. But when I do that, that doesn't give me or anyone a right to tell the world We're family, and family, we work it out. We don't hate each other. We don't separate each other. We don't say, I'm never talking to that person. Listen, we are family, even if it's your ex-wife, ex-husband, ex-whoever, and they know Jesus Christ. We are families for life. We need to, at all costs, if always possible, work towards a peaceful resolution. Can I get one amen out of that? We're family. We don't just toss each other out and throw each other out to social media. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. The world needs to see that families have problems. Families have issues, okay? But we work it out because we're brothers and sisters. Listen to me. I will never, ever, ever look at my younger brother, Ray, Look at my younger sister, Joni. Look at my older sister, Jamie. Look at my older sister, Kim, and say, I don't want to be your brother. I will never, no matter how badly I wrong them and how badly they wrong me, they will always be my brother and my sister. We need that. Imagine, imagine for a second, if you and I and all of us who are Christ followers began to live in such a way where we didn't broadcast other people's issues on social media. The next time 
you want to tell the world all the reasons someone has done you wrong or what you don't like about them, here's what we need to do. Stop, pause, and pray. Here's a practice that I have that generally I hit the majority of the time. Before I post, before I tweet, before I share anything, I ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do you want me to send this? You know why I do that? Because I have screwed up so many times by not asking him. I ask him. See, some of us just, we just write, we just, we just type, we just post, we just, Spirit, do you want me to say this? And when he says no, then no. If I've learned anything about social media from my own mistakes and mistakes of others is this. You do not have to defend everything you post or every opposer that posts against you. How many times have have you posted something and someone in the comment section takes it a whole different path? How many times have you had people just literally, they just stole your page with this argument between the two of them? It's like, what the world just happened? Proverbs 13 and verse three says it this way. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Trying to resolve conflict behind a computer screen or mobile phone is a really bad idea. Here's what I often say. Holy Spirit, numb my thumbs so that I don't post something dumb. It helps. I remember that little saying. Holy Spirit, numb my thumbs so I don't post something dumb. And he has saved me. Now listen, I'm a human being and so are you. Sometimes you see stuff and you're like, you want, and it's just like, whoa, if I could hit that keyboard, if it had an emphasis on the key. And Facebook's kind of nice right now. Now you can show an expression. Same is true with texting or emails. If a situation needs to be resolved, by the way, do something outrageous in our world today. Give the person a call and set up a meeting with them. You mean I really have to talk to him face to face? Yeah, actually, it really works. When emotions are involved, social media is never a good idea. Ask yourself if you would say this to this person in front of them before you post it. Just ask them. Would I say this to my junior high friend? Would I say this to my high school friend? Would I say this to my coach? Would I say this to my wife? Would I say this to my... Sometimes I watch husbands and wives. They have these arguments in virtual um, social media. And it just breaks my heart. And you know what I do? I pray, oh, Lord God, please convict them. Oh, Lord God, please Help them to delete that post. Don't they realize that their relational woes is supposed to be between just the what? Two of them. Let me tell you what happens. Here, here's how the enemy works. You think somehow by putting that out there that it clears the air and you feel better about it. I got it off my chest. There's this enemy called Satan. You see, he doesn't know what we think, but he knows what we said and he sees what we post. He sees you now frustrated. He sees you writing something. You've given him fodder. You know what he does? He targets that. 
He uses that to separate you with that other person. Use social media for good. Thirdly, I would say this. Your post, your photo, your chat, your tweet is a reflection of your heart. Take a look at your Instagram. Take a look at your story on Snapchat. Take a look at your photos. Take a look at your tweets. Take a look at Facebook. Take a look at your text. Take a look at your your, your post, your, your photo, your chat, your tweet is a reflection of your heart. What do I mean by that? Well, turn to Luke chapter 6. Let's see what the Bible says. I didn't say that. That's what the Bible said. Luke chapter 6. Look what it says. Chapter, chapter 6 and look at verse 43. This is what Jesus said. Luke chapter 6 and verse 43 says this. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own what? People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. Now look what Jesus said in verse 45. Look closely. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his what? And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stood up stored up in his what? Then he says this, for the mouth speaks, for social media speaks, what the heart is what? I've said it this way, out of the overflow of your heart, social media speaks. I encourage you, just take a look. Why did you post a photo? Why did you share a story? Why did you text? Why did you tweet? Go back and look. I can tell you this, if you look at what you said, it's an overflow of your heart. That's why it's so important to pray before, because if you're just blatantly writing and posting and putting photos up because you haven't filtered it through the word of God in the spirit, you could end up with posts that are far, far away from representing what God would want. Paul said it this way, let your conversation always be seasoned with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Colossians 4, 6. A good word of encouragement to you. Wait, wait, and wait before you respond to anything. Ask this question. Here's a question I ask before you post. Does this post paint a better picture of God? Just ask a question, then post. How many of us would it delete, 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 delete? You see, the world needs to see from your post that God is enough regardless of the swirling winds around us. Solomon had a lot to say about our words. He said this in Proverbs 10, 19, when words are many, sin is not lacking. He said this in Proverbs 17, 28, even a fool who keeps silent is, comes, sounds wise. Let's go back to the foundational statement. You have the right to do anything, but, every, but not everything is beneficial or constructive or for the good of others. Guideline number four. It's one of my favorites, not because it's a good one. Social media is not a place for drive-by shootings. Have you ever seen them? Have you ever seen people get on their rants? Their political rants. They just blow up social media. Have you ever like, whoa, President Obama, 
the governor, the local council, the local. And I, and I see, and Paul said to Timothy, that we should lift up and pray for our leaders. How many of you have seen political rants? How many of you have seen people rants? How many of you have seen church rants? Just drive-by shootings. <gasps> James 3 and verse 6. James had something to say, a lot to say about the tongue. But listen to the message translation of this. James 3, 6 says, By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell with our words. You see, you reap what you sow. Let me just speak a little about words for a second because that's basically what it is when we communicate, whether it's a text, an email, anything on social media. When you speak that word, You literally take that situation, that word, you plant it in the soil of your life. So you get the ground ready and you put the seed in. And if you plant this word of evil, we reap what we sow. Guess what comes? Evil. And if you plant good, then you receive good. So when you plant evil, you get evil. You reap what you sow. So go back and look. What's the balance beam look like with your social media? What do your texts and emails, what, what are they saying? What's, what are they saying to the world? Way too many Christians like to stir the pot with articles they share. Let me just speak a word of wisdom. If you're that person who likes to put up posts about the arrest of someone who's your brother or sister, and you like to post it up because it was in the, it was in the, 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 the Milford News and you like to put this mugshot up of a person who, who isn't guilty until proven guilty, who, who, who got arrested. If you're that person who likes it, listen to me, that's your brother. That's your sister. Have you had a face-to-face conversation? Have you said, I'm praying for you? Why would any Christ follower ever want to throw another Christ follower under the bus? Why would we want to throw mud on his reputation? Why would we want to bury him? Why is it that within many Christian circles, and hopefully not in our circles, when someone falls or someone fails as a Christian, why is it that we like to share that article? Why is it that we like to retweet that? Where does that say that in the Bible? Here's what the Bible says. If a brother or sister wrongs who? You. You go to them and it's just between the two of you. Listen, some of us repost and we share stuff about people who have fallen that we don't even know. And we are throwing mud on. Listen, that is called sin. That's your brother. That's your sister. We should be working towards reconciliation. We should be striving to help restore them, forgiving them, helping them get back on their feet. Here's why people do it. Because when someone else falls, some of us, we feel like, yeah, I told you so. Or we feel better about ourselves because someone else has fallen. Please, don't sin and cause the body of Christ more damage by posting and retweeting when someone falls. Way too many people like to do that. 
if I could go with the voice of Bob Newhart when you want to do that. Now, this will age some of us. He's sitting in his counseling room. When you want to do that, I just want to say, stop it. Stop it. Or I'll wrap you up and bury you in a box in the ground. Prison posts, police reports, arrest. Let the authorities handle those. Let the detectives handle those. Let the officers handle those. Let the judges judge. Let them take care of that. This is your brother. The reality is, every one of us, every one of us have messed up periods in our lives. And if we chose... There's enough about us, but the world needs to see unity, love, forgiveness, reconciliation. Can I get one amen? Amen. Social media is not an outlet for frustration or anger. It's not a place to blast your boss, your employer, your teacher, your policeman, your coach, or your preacher. So you might think, You have given them what they deserve when you do so. Good for you. So tell me again how your comments have drawn people to Jesus Christ. Let me say this again, foundational statement. You have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial or constructive or used to build others up for good. The next guideline I would give you, strive for connection, not attention. This is a place to connect, not a place to say, hey, world, look at me. If you are posting to get a like, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Our lives are a chance. The Bible says that we can be a light to the world. The goal in social media is not to draw attention to ourselves. It's for us to be a reflection of the glory of God and point others to Jesus and say, it isn't because of me that any good is here. It's only because of Jesus Christ. Keep in mind as you look at social media, here's here's the reality, in case you didn't know this, it's not the real world, Okay. You are comparing your normal life to someone else's highlight reel. Most people aren't going to post their dirty laundry. Hey, I sinned and I thought about this and I did this and hey, aren't you glad? How many likes are you going to get on that? It's the highlight reel. So if you begin to compare Galatians 1, 10, says don't compare or classify ourselves to others because it's a no-win situation. So if somehow you're looking at someone else's life, remember, that's just one small snapshot. But however, rejoice with those that rejoice. Isn't that what the word of God says? Rejoice, mourn with those that mourn. Someone suffering, suffer with them. Pray with them. Someone has a highlight in their life. Listen, don't get jealous. Hit that like button. Hit that face that goes. Retweet it. Share the joy. Enjoy Erica Stutzman who finished in the top 20 in the state in the 400 meter, huh? Rejoice in that. And rejoice in Isaiah Brown and his golf team who were sectional golf champs this year. Rejoice with those that rejoice. Let's use social media for good. We are Christ followers. 
Keep in mind, it's just a highlight reel of someone's life. So use it as a place to encourage others. That's how you can connect. Use it as a place to let them see your life with God as your savior. How can you connect? Use it as a place to demonstrate the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. Show them small portions of food and not big. Use, I'm being facetious, okay? Don't tweet that. Use it as a place to create unity instead of division. Wouldn't it be awesome if when something good happens in a Christ follower's life, that, it, that, that the comment section, that the like, that the retweets, that, that they just light up with praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Use it as a place to keep in touch with people and pray and support them. Use it for good. We have enough bad already. Proverbs 25, 11 says this, a timely word, an apt response is apples of gold and pitchers of silver. Our words make a difference. Your comment, your post, your text, your email could be the very thing that helps a person get back on their feet. You see, you know what encouragement is? The word of God, Paul tells us that daily encourage one another as long as it is today. You know what encouragement does? It means you put courage in someone. And when you put courage into them with your word, it's like taking a needle and just putting it right in their arm, words of encouragement, and they feel courageous. Discouragement is taking encourage out of someone. And so when you post in a negative way, you've done that to your brother. You ripped courage out of them. Listen, it's time for Christ followers to encourage one another. Lastly, every one of us needs to bring balance to the beam to social media usage. Here's what I mean by that. The Bible encourages that there shouldn't be anything that masters us. And when something masters us, it controls us. And when something controls us outside of Jesus Christ and the wooing of the spirit, it is sin. We need to bring balance. So we have one side. Some of us, we use it. We are addicted to it. And right now you're wanting to look at it. We sleep with it under our pillows. If you're sleeping with it under your pillow, you might have a problem. (laughs) Then there's this whole other side of the balance beam. People who refuse to use social media. People who refuse to learn. People who refuse to even touch it. People who say that generation called millennials, why do they always sit on their phones and talk to each other? Why don't they just have a verbal conversation? I can't believe those millennials. They sit in home on the couch and, they're, and we have them, they're kids, and they talk to each other and their side is against the other side and they're talking on their phones. What up with that? So you know what we can do? The whole other beam says, there's something wrong with that. Well, there probably is. But listen, it doesn't mean, listen, the millennials is the largest 
group of people in the world. Hear me out. Most of them, younger millennials, that's all they know. They didn't grow up like you and I did with manual typewriters. They grew up with cell phones. By the time they're two years old, they can navigate. They can take iPads and understand apps, and they can download and use PayPal at three. I mean, that's their generation. Listen to me. Don't throw them under the bus. Please hear me today. Instead of complaining, if you want to reach the largest population in the world for Jesus Christ, my Bible says, jump into their world. What's that mean? It means you understand Snapchat, that little yellow thing. Listen to me. What's Snapchat? What's stories? What's, how do I do that? It means you get on the couch. If they won't talk to you, you sit right between them and you start texting them. You get on Twitter and you put at Brown Town Golf and you message him and you talk to him. You get on Instagram and, and you, you tag them. You take a picture of them on the couch <laughs> and you say, hi. Some of you might say, why would I do that? Because they're worth it. Listen to me. Please hear me. Please hear me. We got some growing to do. Instead of complaining, if you want to reach the largest population in the world, join them. Here's what happens. If they see you making an effort to learn the nuances of their world, here's what happens. They talk to you. you get to meet a real person. The world has given us a powerful tool. Please use it to push back darkness and not increase it. So how do you bring balance if you're an addicted? You take breaks from it. You lay some ground rules in your home. You don't just wipe it all out. You say, while we eat, you know what? Let's put our phones down. Let's put a basket on our table and let's drop our phones in the basket. Let's eat for seven minutes without social media. Like, start out real small, okay? You laugh. How many of you can give up seven minutes of eating without your phone? Paul told Timothy that God didn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but a power and self-control or discipline. Find discipline. Get accountability in that area. Let me close by saying this. You have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial or constructive. I want you to do something. Open up your phone. Grab your phone, please. I want you to do something and help me out here in closing. You have an iPad or phone or... If you don't, I understand. That's fine too. We're not trying to push down anyone that doesn't have a phone. I want you to do something. I want you to think about something good that you can say on social media. A text, an email, a tweet. Maybe, you're, maybe you video a story on Snapchat. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you take an Instagram photo. I want you to think about something right now that's good, that will build someone up. I want you to think about that. 
Here in a second, we're going to pray before you post. So don't post before you pray. And I want you to hashtag it. Listen, hashtag. Hashtag, if you don't know what that is, that's a little pound sound. By the way, some don't, that's okay. We're learning together. Looks like a little pound sound. And then I want you to make this all one word, social media, the number four, good, G-O-O-D. Social media for good. Now, I want you to take a moment, just pray, ask the Holy Spirit what you can do for good, and then I want you to post something on social media. Just do that now. And then hashtag social media for good. Imagine the impact that we can have right now to a world that's watching if this is how we post regularly. Remember, it's not a praise until you write it. It's not encouragement until you say it. This is the language our world speaks today. It's our chance to encourage one another daily. And the forum And the method today is through social media. I ask you to stand and I'll give you a chance then to finish that out. Would you stand with me? I want to read this verse together. These two verses together, stand with me. This is what we started with. This is what would be good to highlight in your iPad, your your mobile device, your Bible to underline, put a highlighter. Like, think about this foundational verse before you do anything with social media. Let's read this together out loud, even with the first Corinthians. Would you read it with me? Ready, go. First Corinthians 10, 23 to 24. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Father God, I pray that we would do that that we would do what is good and beneficial and constructive. And I pray that the world that is watching would be one to your son, Jesus Christ, because of it. We love you, Jesus. Help us to be wise as we live in a world that communicates differently than it did years ago. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next week.